One country that we have to bring into the picture when we talk about this uncertainty for the year of 2023, which is the nation of Myanmar. Despite the military agreeing with the five-point peace plan with the members of ASEAN, under the current military government, needless to say, the ongoing violence and also the rest of the political prisoners are making this country worse today. How should we understand again this economic uncertainty and also this political instability in the nation of Myanmar? Does that mean? The ASEAN members should take major responsibilities in order to restore the order back to the nation. And also, how about the reaction from the West? Are we going to see any other democratic systems restored also upon this nation? Well, in this episode, we are going to address all the questions regarding the nation of Myanmar. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite our distinguished speaker, who is Professor Gregory Raymond. Now, Professor Raymond is a lecturer in the Coral Belt School of Asian Pacific Affairs, researching in Southeast Asian politics and also foreign relations. He's the author of a well-known book called "Thai Military Power: A Culture of Strategic Accommodations." Of course, he's the lead author for many other books. Well, Professor Raymond, and welcome to the missing piece. Thank you for having me, Will. Well, again, Professor, as we mentioned before, in the year of 2023, when we look at the nation of Myanmar, number one, the devastation of this economic turmoil and also this uncertainty from this political standpoint draw the news headlines from the left to the right. With your understanding, and also help us with better understanding, Professor, how should we assess? The situation in Myanmar today, and why is it so important for us to care when we talk about the nations in Southeast Asia? Today, I think it's um, <clears throat> it's very depressingly hard to see uh, any quick solution or uh, return to a peace within Myanmar.、Um, the two sides are quite committed to their their own objectives, and each side. Um, doesn't want to compromise, and there's unlikely to be any scope for compromise. So this makes、um, this makes the implementation of the five point plan that you mentioned,、uh, that was devised in April 2021,、uh, incredibly difficult. So those points included、uh, cessation of violence,、mm-hmm. uh, immediate. Uh, humanitarian aid and、uh, and dialogue without preconditions.、Um, at the moment, we don't see any end to violence.、Um, the Myanmar military is fully focused on a military victory,、uh, but it seems that increasingly that's going to be difficult for it to achieve. Equally, the People's Defence Force, which has formed in reaction to the To the coup in in 2021,、mm. um, shows no signs of、uh, surrendering either. They hold probably more than 50% of、um, the land area in Myanmar, and they are encouraged by、um, continuing reports of defections from from the Datmadal from the ta- from the Myanmar military.、Um, so it's、uh, it, it, it's it's a game. It's a struggle which、um, is bitter, which is costing. Uh, the lives of、uh, many civilians, which is crippling the country economically,、mm. 
but there's no end in sight and um, there's no real pressure from the outside world um, to force some kind of negotiated settlement. Of course, the great powers, particularly the United States, are very distracted by the conflict in Ukraine, uh, as is Europe. Um, so China and India, on the other hand, um, are probably more inclined to try and support the junta, uh, and so is Thailand. So all of that um, just means that it's really difficult at this stage to see um, who's going to come out um, as a as a as a victor in in this in this very protracted civil conflict. Um, yeah, um, I mean, we do need to care. Myanmar's um, a very significant country in Southeast Asia. Uh, it was a country that was making great strides economically mm. and, and politically um, after its 2015 elections, uh, notwithstanding there were problems with the Rohingya minorities, but it did seem that um, that that finally, uh, after many uh, years of uncertainty and uh, and military rule that 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 Myanmar would be able to have civilian government. Well, um, that's no longer uh, something we can count on, and that's causing terrific suffering uh, in in the country. And as you say, it's um, it is uh, something which I think is is holding ASEAN back. It's really this is this is undermining ASEAN's own credibility, mm. uh, the fact that they cannot um, seem to have any impact on, on the junta there on Minong Line. Um, you know, various uh, special envoys have been appointed. They've not been able to meet Aung San Suu Kyi. They've not been able to encourage any talks. And um, so it's, um, and, in, and in the meantime, <clears throat> some members of ASEAN have been doing talks separately, such as Thailand, which has been holding talks with just the Mekong region countries. Mm. Uh, and so ASEAN's really become somewhat rendered impotent and and, uh, and a spectator, and that's not good for its credibility. So whether or not there needs to be a real review of, um, of the five-point plan, whether or not it needs to be... Um, enlarged or, you know, or, or, or thrown out completely, I think is really um, uh, something which should be on the ASEAN agenda, um, whether or not there should be sanctions, mm. uh, whether or not there should be more effort to try and um, deny the, the, the regime access to weapons or finance or uh, energy um, stocks. Uh, all of mm. these questions should be raised. But, of course, as you've mentioned, Thailand... Um, the Thai government, particularly under the current military, um, well, the, the the current government, which is which is derived from a government which took power via coup, has been reasonably sympathetic to Minong Line and hasn't been willing to take any strong measures at all. Um, mm. That could change this week, in fact, because there's there could be a change of government in Thailand this week after the joint parliamentary session on Thursday. Mm. Um, the new government, if it does manage to take office, has said that it will take a stronger line on the Myanmar question and probably try to support an overall ASEAN position more than the current government has been. So uh, much to do um, and, uh, and uh, much uncertainty at this point. Professor Raymond, again, based on the research, 
Before we bring China, India, or even the West into our conversation, according to the United Nation, that has documented repeatedly incidents of sexual violence, mass killings, extrajudicial executions, beheadings, dismemberments, and uh, uh, mutilations, etc. Again, we've seen this devastation under the military government. Now, on one hand, it's almost impossible to imagine how people are actually living under the current government. But on the other hand, again, as you mentioned before, some countries are sitting as bench players. Other countries are still hesitating and waiting for response. But meanwhile, what's the role of the United Nation? In other words, is there any other possibility that we should at least minimize the domestic violence and threat to the to the innocent citizens in Myanmar? What do you say to that, Professor? Well, the United Nations could take a stronger role. There's no doubt about that. To date, all they've done is appoint a special rapporteur, I believe. Um, but that uh, representative of the UN um, Secretary General hasn't even been able to really um, gain access mm. to Aung San Suu Kyi, the, uh, the leader of the, um, the the Democratic Party, the NLD. And uh, so they've had very little um, influence on the situation. And I think partly that's because of the distraction of the Ukraine war. I think that's really uh, the UN Security Council and the UN Secretary General's primary focus. Uh, but the second issue, the second obstacle is that Russia and China being um, permanent members of the Security Council with a veto, I think are very reluctant to allow mm. any form of UN resolution which might authorise stronger action. So, you know, during the Arab Spring, uh, say in 2011, the uh, UN Security Council did um, pass a resolution which, which enabled uh, NATO and some European countries in the United States to protect civilians in Libya. Mm. Uh, and they, they, they did that. They used um, air power primarily to, to drive back some of the Gaddafi regime forces. Now, today, we see very little uh, scope for that happening. Mm. Um, this is partly because uh, China and Russia have become less enthusiastic about the so-called responsibility to protect mandate that... Um, this this is a, a doctrine of the United Nations which says that if a country doesn't protect its own citizens, if a country, if the government of a country um, conducts genocide, then it essentially um, undermines its own sovereignty and mm. no longer has um, a right to sovereignty, and is and, and, and that can pave the way for a, for a potentially military intervention. That doctrine of responsibility to protect um, has been more difficult to implement, particularly after that Libya experience when countries such as China and Russia began to believe that R2P was being used as a way to remove dictators to achieve regime change. And they are strongly opposed to that notion. So it's it's much more difficult to see the UN taking a strong line. China 
as a neighbouring country, has very strong interests. Mm. Uh, it doesn't want to see any Western involvement there. And India, to some extent, is 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 similarly um, very um, very interested in the geopolitical situation in Myanmar, and uh, is not really encouraging any form of uh, you know Western intervention or, or global intervention. Uh, although India is less important because it's not a Security Council mm. member, as is China, but China is 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 would oppose. We can we can be absolutely certain that it would oppose, would have a veto on any effort by the UN Security Council to pass a resolution enabling stronger measures to be taken. Mm. Professor, I want to bring humanitarian aid into our conversation. Again, we know that whenever there is a crisis going on in a country, again, related to political change or related to economic uncertainty, there's no doubt that more countries, especially the neighboring ones, are very active or interested in sending humanitarian aid into the nation, which is actually suffering. But again, based on the report, the military today in Myanmar is trying to prevent the transfer of donation again to the population, to the people from any outside world. Professor, again, you're the expert. Help us with better understanding. What is the attitude from the current government that to resist the humanitarian aid to the people in Myanmar? And that's number one. And number two is why can't. And again, why can't the humanitarian aid get into the heart of the people? Again, we're not saying to change the political uncertainty. We're not changing the society, but at least we want to be there. The humanitarian groups are want to be there to help with a good heart. Why is that so hard today? What is the what is the so resentment from the current government in Myanmar today? Well, if you recall in 2008, um, Myanmar was struck by a devastating cyclone, Cyclone Nargis, and uh, the military government at that time was not prepared to allow humanitarian aid despite devastating um, suffering, consequences, mm. homelessness, um, injury uh, to people in Myanmar, particularly those uh, in the southern parts of the country. Uh, it took enormous um, persuasion and pressure and finally, the, the junta government did allow in international aid. The the mindset of the Myanmar military is one um, which is relentless, which is, I guess we would have to say, cruel. Um, it's, it's very determined that it must maintain power and it is prepared to use every means at, at its disposal to achieve that, even if that means, as you mentioned previously, um, atrocities conducted against civilians, such as uh, the bombing of, of a marketplace, mm. which took place earlier this year, which killed over 100 civilians, unarmed unarmed civilians. It's uh, it's a military which is which is very ruthless and battle hardened. So. Um, the suffering of, of the citizens is not is something which is not of concern. Um, they have a view of their own role, their own importance, which is deeply instilled through their educa military education system. So um, that's the starting point. But then, of course, they're concerned about the humanitarian aid flowing to some of the resistance groups. Uh, so 
um, particularly the uh, ethnic armed organizations, which uh, are quite uh, strong around the border regions mm. of Myanmar. That could be the Karen people, could be the Kachin people, could be the Arakan army. Uh, all of these organizations are, are, are resisting um, the Thai, the, sorry, the Myanmar military. Um, and, uh, and so the, the, the Dat sees any, anything which supports those organizations as being, um, an obstacle to it achieving this military victory, which is it's seeking. So that's the second point. And then the third point is that, of course, delivery of aid for aid agencies is, um, extremely difficult when mm. you are in a, a war zone and, uh, I, I don't think it's terribly easy to send aid representatives into Myanmar at the moment uh, and ensure their safety. So what aid is getting in is uh, crossing the border probably in quite small um, volumes. It is it is getting in. There is some aid cu coming in from Thailand, but um, the scale is relatively small. Mm. Uh, and so... You know, this this is this is um, increasing the the the, the uh, hardship suffered by the people mm. of Myanmar. Professor, two more questions before letting you go. Now, let's talk about again countries that you mentioned before: China, India. I mean, those are considered as one of the largest economies in the world today, and also been the neighboring countries with Myanmar. Number one. Some countries officially recognize the junta military government. Of course, this is a very dangerous message, not only to the people in Myanmar, but also to the people and citizens outside the country. Because by recognizing the military government, and which means it make it harder for any other outsiders to interfere this domestic uncertainty or chaos. Now, first question, help us with better understanding. If some countries, such as China, India, or any other countries, started to recognize or have already recognized the existing government, does that mean it's going to be much harder for Myanmar to be restored back to democracy or for any other type of democratic system exist for the future? What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 absolutely right. That's spot on. If... Um if Myanmar has China or India, particularly China, as a benefactor, as an as a source of economic support, as a source of political support, uh, that makes um, uh, convincing the junta to negotiate or to step down um, very difficult. So um, China's always had um, very strong interests in in Myanmar, mm. going back some way. Um, there's there's not necessarily a lot of trust between the Myanmar military and China, but through pragmatism, through sheer expedience, at times the Myanmar military has moved closer to China. And we saw that, I guess, after the crushing of the 88 demonstrations, uh, there was um, um, sanctions levied on, Myanmar, on the Myanmar government. <clears throat> and at that time, China... Um, really opened up a lot of economic assistance mm. and uh, and a lot of um, political support to Myanmar. And so that's been really China's uh, 
sort of modus operandi is to is to to move to shore up these authoritarian regimes when they appear to be in trouble or under pressure from the west or or the world more generally and that's something we see again now you know we the Myanmar China relationship continues to wax and wane goes up goes down um in 2011 there was a very significant moment when um the junta seemed to decide that it wanted to open to the west and and move further away from china and and they they stopped a dam project which was um mm. <clears throat> a very significant dam project Miatsoni dam project and that was seen as a signal really that uh the myanmar government wanted to move closer to the west under the nld government um i think Aung san suu kyi tried to really balance relations and she was quite open to many of the bri projects that china wants in myanmar um china's very keen to have infrastructure that connects its southernmost province uh yunnan mm. with the um with the sea uh, and with the um uh, andaman sea and having rail lines uh and highways uh that achieve that has been a real a really significant objective that uh, that China's had for Myanmar and the the Myanmar government has kind of been not completely open to that it sort of supported them in limited ways there was a rail project agreed and then it was scaled back so it would only go to say Mandalay um so there's been um sort of complex negotiations now what it seems is happening now is the junta is much more reliant on that uh support and so is now trying to give the chinese government those bri projects back and try and, and progress those of course that's going to be difficult in in this current current climate of military conflict but yeah um it does seem that uh china's now um quite behind the junta but at the other, at the same time we have to realize china's been playing both sides it has a a long history really of of playing of supporting a number of groups hedging its bets in myanmar so going back as far as the 1960s china you know supported the the burmese communist party um after the 1980s it it reduced that support but still supported some of the ethnic armed organizations mm. and particularly the wa state um uh or ethnic armed organization um the wa um uh, the united wa uh, state army so there's not a lot of trust between these two actors but sometimes they pro that they cooperate pragmatically and i think that that's what we're seeing now um india really uh, has less influence in myanmar but it's very concerned when china starts to gain more influence mm. so it wants to try and reduce that it wants to try and reduce um the tendency for the myanmar military to to move too close to china and mm. so there's a kind of really um quite ugly geopolitical game going on here which doesn't really take much account of um the interests of the myanmar people unfortunately um what we've seen in countries like cambodia is that uh, once china support flows um the prospects for a return to democracy really reduced drastically mm. and that's been what's occurred under hun sen in cambodia and i think 
Unfortunately, unless we see a military victory by the National Unity Government, that's probably what we're going to see in Myanmar as well. Professor, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking you the last question. Again, something that you uh, briefly explained during the previous answer is we know this year will be quite busy for a lot of countries in Southeast Asia. Again, for example, Thailand had its own election. And this month, Cambodia is also going to hold another major election and also the nation of Bangladesh. Now, the last question, Professor, to you is... When we talk about this upcoming elections for other countries in Southeast Asia or members in ASEAN, how much do you think Myanmar actually played a role in those countries? So in other words, how much do, do you think those countries should actually care about Myanmar when they look at their own elections or when we look at their own social or political stability within their own nations? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well... I guess as a political scientist, uh, I mean, we know that foreign policy is always uh, a remote concern for many people mm. in uh, in any country. Um, they're always more interested in their own country's economy, uh, their own economic prospects, um, their own democracy and so on, um, to actually care very much about mm. what's going on in a neighbouring country is something we we tend not to see, uh, and and I think generally, the more con the more that people are concerned with their everyday li livelihoods, with making enough money to feed their family, educate their kids, the less time they have for thinking about issues of foreign policy. Mm. And although ASEAN is uh, you know held up as a as as a terrific example of a regional organisation that's achieved peace between. The members, there's been no military conflict between, you know, the members uh, at all, except, you know, a very, very small conflict between Thailand and Cambodia in 2008. But generally, it's, 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 it's achieved, you know, a peaceful region, but that doesn't really translate to people in Southeast Asian countries knowing necessarily a lot about what goes on in their neighbouring countries mm. or caring a lot about what goes on in the neighbouring countries. It tends to be something that is left to their government, to their Ministry of Foreign Affairs, to their diplomats and so on and so forth. So I'd be surprised if the Myanmar conflict figured significantly in uh, in those elections that you mentioned, the Cambodian election, the Thai election um, uh, and, uh, and so forth, um, Bangladesh election. Um, I mean, Bangladesh is an interesting one because they've got so many Rohingya refugees there, mm. I, but I, I don't know anything about Bangladesh, so I'm not going to comment. But, yeah, um, unfortunately, Myanmar is a conflict which tends, which is somewhat easily forgotten, um, mm. I think. Um, it, it, it's a terrible conflict, but Myanmar's had such a tortured history um, almost for its entire um, history since since it became independent after the Second World War, um, it has had uh, almost unending civil conflict, uh, and it's very tragic. Uh, but it's also very difficult to solve, and um, you know, <clears throat> it's 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 um, it's something which I think you know Indonesia as the chair of ASEAN in, in 2023 is, is, is going to be interested to try and um, make some progress on. Um, but, you know, 
It's difficult when ASEAN's not united, and and so often the case ASEAN is not united when when it needs to take strong action. It's not united on the South China Sea issue. It's not it's not united on um, a number of different issues. So it, it it's it appears to be similar here. So even if Indonesia wants to do a lot, it's not certain that it will be able to do a lot. So I'm really. Um, regretful to 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 convey that somewhat pessimistic um mm. uh, message in in your podcast but that is the situation as it stands um today um you know the cambodian conflict went through almost the entire of the 1980s um before um there was a kind of um world global consensus that something needed to be done and then the paris peace accords were signed well, you know, one hopes that it won't take a whole decade of this conflict before something uh, emerges. Mm. But um, I don't think it's. Um, I, I do think it's a, it's a credible scenario that this just drags on for for several more years. Of course, Professor. Again, I agree with you one hundred percent when we look at. The situation, the dire situation in Myanmar, and again, we hope and I pray that something is going to show up better. And again, there's no way that people continue to live and suffer under the current government. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Professor Gregory Raymond. Again, Professor Raymond, it's a lecturer in the Coral Bell School of Asian Pacific Affairs and researching on Southeast Asian politics and also foreign relations. I strongly encourage everyone to, through social media, connect with Professor Raymond. Again, discover more amazing books and publications that from Professor Raymond. Well, again, Professor, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure, and we'd love to have you back on the show as we continue to follow the progress, not only in Myanmar, but also among the countries in Southeast Asia. So thank you so much for doing this.